Welcome back to Gen Z Speaks. Uh, as you can see, we are much more professional now with professional mics, nice setup. We're also now officially on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. And <laughs> officially, we're now a podcast. We can now officially call ourselves a podcast, finally. Uh, let's let's okay. introduce ourselves really quickly with me, my usual co-hosts. Jenish, thank you. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Hanging in there. And last but not least, the future real estate tycoon, Matt Gutierrez. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Pushing through. All right, let's let's just. I I I'm doing all right, man. Uh, it's been. I'm not. I haven't been sleeping well the past couple of days, but it's all right. It's all right. Gotta just like you said, push it through. Um, let's let's dive right in. Start off with the the Kyle Rinhouse trial that's currently happening. Um. So what what are what are your guys' thoughts on before 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 mm-hmm. could you give a background for people who haven't uh just a little bit of background information before yeah. for people who have not you know heard about the case or know about it? Yeah, that's that's a good idea. So Kyle Rinhouse, um, I guess so let's start off in August to uh, August of 2020. Jacob Blake uh is is in a car and he has a warrant on him. And his fiance calls the cops on him for a domestic abuse. And um, police think that he, he had a knife on him and police fatally shoot him. Uh, he's still alive, but he's paralyzed. And so a lot of people in Kenosha, Wisconsin started to protest. And a lot of these protests turned violent. Um, there was looting going on. A lot of businesses were being burned. The city was just in chaos in Kenosha, Wisconsin in August of 2020, right after the shooting of Jacob Blake. On the third night of these protests, a guy, 17-year-old guy named Kyle Rittenhouse came over from Illinois. I think it's really close to Wisconsin, the city that he's in. But nonetheless, he comes over across state lines. Uh, His mom actually drives him to Kenosha, where his dad lives. And I believe some of the family members of him live there. And he, he was also a lifeguard in Kenosha. But short story short, He goes to Kenosha with his AR-15 rifle, and his goal apparently is to protect the businesses there, a specific business. I forget the name of the business, but I think it's a car shop, and he claims that the car shop called people to protect the business itself, and he goes there along with other people who also have these huge guns, and they're trying to protect the businesses because the city's in utter chaos, and the situation has gotten so much out of hand that the police couldn't do anything. So... As these protests are happening, Kyle encounters this guy. Uh, his name is Joseph. I want to get his name right. Give me one second. His name is... Um, the last name is hard to say, man. Yeah, the, the last name is hard to say. I mean, when I saw the trial, Rosenbaum. There you go. So R- Joseph Rosenbaum, uh, he encounters Joseph Rosenbaum, who's being you know, really like abusive towards him. And he's being reckless throughout the night. Nonetheless... He, they have like a situation where uh, Joseph starts chasing Kyle. And remember, Kyle is carrying his AR-15 rifle. Uh, Joseph throws like a plastic bag on him. And then Kyle, in self-defense, uh, shoots him, essentially. Now, during the trial, they claim that Kyle Rittenhouse thought that Joseph was going to reach for his gun. And that he thought that once he once Joseph got this gun the mental state that Joseph was in, he would like shoot up other people around him. And so Kyle thought that it was better for him to defend himself because he thought the gun, once Joseph took it, he would kill Kyle as well. That's what he claims. 
So when that happens, when 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 Kyle kills Joseph Rosenbaum in Kenosha, a lot of other protesters start chasing after him, right? And there and and Kyle goes towards where some of the police cars are stationed. So he's as he's running, a bunch of these protesters are chasing him. And among these protesters is um, a guy named Gage Grosskreutz. I think I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name, but uh, Gage is there. And then Anthony Huber is there. So Anthony Huber, he kills Anthony Huber as well. And again, Anthony Huber, I think, is the one who hits him with a skateboard. And then um, Gage is like a paramedic. He was around the area helping people out. But Gage had a pistol on him. And Gage was like he pointed his pistol towards Kyle and then Kyle killed him. And Gage accepted this during the trial. The prosecution actually brought him in to explain how Kyle was a a danger to the area. But the witness in this case, I believe Gage Grosskirds, he accepted that Kyle only shot him uh, once he put his pistol in front of him. And so Gage survived. He was only shot in the bicep. So he survived. The other two, Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum died. The main question in this case, and I, and I have it in our show notes doc, is um, the central question that the jury has to look at in this case is one, um, was Kyle just, you know, did Kyle have to kill these two people just to protect himself in self-defense? Um, and the other question was that, um, was, was Kyle, was he supposed to be, was he just there? because he had the malintention was he looking for trouble or was he genuinely there to like help people out and help i don't know uh, help in the situation even though he had no qualifications to be there um so those are the two central questions being analyzed in this case right Um, okay so here's the deal and this is the part uh, so obviously there's a lot of like inconsistencies in the case right and things that just don't make sense and i don't think that they should be viable uh, defenses for either side, right? Like such as first off, right? Kyle was there to protect a business. Like, okay, he's a 17 year old kid carrying around AR 15 against police brutality. Like, obviously that's a pretty intense protest, right? That's already extremely intense. And then for him to be going as like some, as if he's a cop or a military man, like it doesn't make much sense. Right. Um, and so it, that part is already just like, it's i'm flabbergasted it's just weird right you're going to a business to protect them you're not a security guard as if a security guard can even do anything at that point right but you're not police you're not military uh you don't really have any credentials to do so sure it may be legal in the state of wisconsin to carry a 16 inch rifle right but is it right that that's the problem it doesn't make sense how you can be walking around the street um so the whole thing, right? So we, we were talking about this before the podcast, actually. And so the reason it's legal to carry a 16-inch barrel in Wisconsin is because citizens have the right to hunt, okay? And as a teenager, you have the right to hunt with a 16-inch barrel. That's considered a long barrel uh, gun, right? Artillery. And here's the thing. If you're in a city, what are you hunting, okay? I understand if you're in the woods or if you're like, you know, maybe in the desert or whatever, right? You're, you're even if you're just shooting cans, I have no problem with. I have no problem with guns. Like that, that's not the case here. The case is you're at a protest that's already intense, carrying around a gun in the middle of a city. So it doesn't. There's extremely inconsistencies there, right? And then you talk about how he that he shot the guy, right? <laughs> because he looked like he was going for the gun. 
So that's already extremely like there, there's no there's no proof that the guy can be going for the gun, right? Or or was there? So with Joseph Rosenbaum, again, I think I'm butchering his last name, but Joseph, let's call him Joseph. Um, apparently he had a mental situation where he was recently discharged from a mental institution. And he had, he's like a charged pedophile or something like that, where he's had a history of not being a good guy. And like, he wasn't in his clear, he wasn't in a sane mind. Did Kyle know him? Kyle did not know him, but he could see. So he didn't know that though. Yeah. The thing is, um, one second before the gun part that you're explaining. um, So what Matt was talking about was, um, so before in the beginning of the trial, Kyle was charged with carrying a weapon illegally, which was the AR-15. But then the defense did some research. And according to a Wisconsin statute, um, people who are under the age of 18 are not allowed to carry a weapon that's called a short-barreled rifle. And the classification for the short-barreled rifle is that if a rifle is shorter than 16 inches, then then it's um, illegal to carry. But if it's a longer rifle, which in this case it was an AR-15, it was longer than 16 inches. Uh, in Wisconsin, a teenager can legally carry it. And again, Wisconsin is an open carry state. And so this law basically is supposed to allow teenagers to hunt. But so so what he, the, the act of Kyle Rittenhouse holding his AR-15 was technically legal under a Wisconsin statute, as insane as that sounds. So technically... Any teenager carrying an AR-15 around Wisconsin would be doing so legally, which makes no sense to me again. But go on. For sure. Wait, so, so okay. So we just cleared that up, right? And we also cleared up that Kyle didn't know the guy. He didn't know that he was a, a, a pre-pedophile, right? Or that he just got released. So it doesn't, it doesn't make sense how you can look at somebody and see that they have like an edge, right? Unless they do have an edge. But in this case... I don't see who wouldn't have an edge at a police brutality protest. I think everybody would be on edge, right? I mean, if I were there, which I wouldn't be because I have no interest in being at a police brutality protest, you know, arguing something like that. But regardless, um, I, I, I feel like it's already an intense subject. You know, there's people from both very far right, very far left. And typically those extremists, you know, do take things to an extreme manner. And so if you take things to an extreme manner, you know, things often happen that shouldn't happen. And so, yeah, if I was there, I would be on edge as well. But I don't think that, first off, Kyle has a gun. This other guy has a gun. Joseph has a gun, right? So they both have guns at this point. Kyle thinks the guy's reaching for the gun, so he goes ahead and shoots him. So another thing, there, there's no proof that the guy was even going for the gun. He's, he's dead now, right? He's dead. We don't know whether he was going for the gun or not. We don't know if Kyle actually thought he was going for the gun or maybe they exchanged some words and Kyle didn't like it. And he had an AR 15 in his hand. So that can also be the case as well. Right. Um, all in all, it just, it doesn't make sense how this whole case is going along. Uh, another thing I want to bring up is the prosecutor uh, real quick. I don't think the prosecutor is doing a good job at all. He's talking about subjects like Kyle playing video games, like as if that matters playing a video game right playing call of duty i'm sure we've all played call of duty here right i'm not a video game player myself but yeah i've played call of duty once in my life okay does that mean i'm a serial murderer i don't think so okay and sure you know as a teenager typically i mean i'm not gonna say typically but i know a lot of people that play video games call of duty gun games as a teenager that's not like it's not out of the norm it's not atypical and so the thing is bringing that up even 
that if I was the jury and I saw the prosecutor bring that up, I would go away from from that argument right i wouldn't want to be associated with that like it doesn't make there's no correlation there you know just because you play a video game that means you're gonna go commit a murder yeah um, what do you think Janish? definitely like dude hundreds of millions of people play call of duty and like these you know games that involve guns and violence and stuff and that doesn't mean like not even like one percent of them become murders and like there would be like a million murders out there you know like there's there's, there's there's has actually been studies between um uh you know violence and you know video game uh, kids that play video games and stuff like that there's zero correlation there's like scientifically there's no correlation between video games and violence or anything of that sort and the you know you brought up that prosecution's uh like you know weak uh kind of um attacks on kyle right weak arguments yeah um i I remember reading a comment that said the prosecution was Kyle's best defense, and it's actually true. The, prosecu- true. the prosecution is actually helping Kyle more than actually trying to take him down. So, I mean, yeah, as far as the case goes, um, uh, the prosecution is doing a really bad, bad job, in my opinion. And to add, real quick, Ibram, to add on to that, I don't think Kyle's actually doing anything in his favor. I think the whole how he blew up and started crying like it seemed very fake. It seemed like very anticipated. And I don't think that the prosecutor is helping anything by asking these types of questions, especially when Kyle is doing the opposite of helping himself. I, so I did see a lot of people on Twitter and elsewhere thought that Kyle was acting. I honestly like genuinely think that um, first of all, Kyle is an idiot. There's no question about it. He's not a hero in any sense of the word, right? He's not a hero. He's an idiot. Uh, 17 year old kid who doesn't know what he's doing, but I will say, I don't think he was, he was acting. You could clearly see that in my opinion, at least that he's suffering through some PTSD, uh, right? I mean, you could see that he was still struggling to understand not, he's still struggling with what he did and maybe he has some guilt over it, but I think it was, I don't think it was acting. I think it was mainly just like his PTSD, uh, you know, and like being in a public place with all the cameras pointed at you and, and the pressure of the situation. So one thing you I didn't want to kind of say. Services, well, one sec. Mm-hmm. You felt like his performance was was real. You thought that I was. Yeah, I think I think it was real. Honestly, I I think it it Come was on, real. Man. I didn't I don't th- I didn't think it was fake. I thought it, it, he's probably going through some PTSD. No, I thought, seriously. It, I thought it was too bad to be fake. That's yeah, why I thought exactly. it was real. It's because too- like, Come on, man. Yeah, like nobody cries no, like that. I okay, like. dude. Well, unless you don't know how to act and you don't know where, what no, to do. Even, even Th- if that question, acting, the thing is, dude, like... the, the question didn't even provoke emotion like that. And it just happened. How do you, how well, do no, no, so, no, 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 no. Like so he no, was re, he re- recounting what the events that happened. That was the question. He was like, explain what happened um, when you, when you were, I, I don't know exactly what event you were describing, but it was like during the shooting. So he was, the, the, the prosecution was telling him to explain what happened, like in detail and stuff. And that's why he started crying. I, yeah, yeah. I, I completely disagree. I well, think no, 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 that, the, that was completely when you okay. First off, dude. So the that question, like to recap things, right? In in a situation like that, that's bound to happen if you're gonna take the stand. And so I'm hun- I mean, I'm not a hundred percent because I don't know the defense attorney, right? But I'm sure the defense attorney said, be prepared for this. And maybe they recapped a way to get around it because it sounds bad. Obviously, it sounds bad. He murdered two people. And so maybe a way to get around it is to tap into the pathos of the jury, right? And start crying because when somebody starts crying, you like in inherently you feel 
you feel bad for them, right? There's a sense of like sympathy that people have for others that are crying. And so I think that's, that's the case here. I, I wouldn't. Honestly, I don't think the whole crying thing even matters. Like, uh, sure. Who cares if you faked it? I mean, it's whatever. I care. But what, <laughs> I, no, no, I, think, I think. Oh, wait. So Ibrahim, I think, can you, going back to the legalities of it just a little bit, um, you said like, you know, the whole thing with the hunting laws and stuff. Um, so how does like, we clearly know that this is an AR and he's carrying around the city. Like we know, right? Like, put it put aside like the law and the you know the legalities behind we know what he was doing so isn't there some sort of i I don't know anything about law or anything but isn't there some sort of clause where you can kind of infer uh his um what what he was trying to do you know rather than just looking at the legalities like oh it's a 16 inch it's more than 16 inches so you know it's fine but we clearly know it wasn't a hunting rifle it was an ar like isn't there some sort of law that can help with that or so, so it's a, real quick, ARs are considered hunting rifles. So it, it was a statute, right? And it, it, it the statute says, uh, let me go back to the statute because I want to get this right. The statute said, um, it, it, the, it basically said that uh, it is unlawful for those under the age of 18 to carry what is known as a short bear rifle a rifle with a barrel shorter than 16 inches, but it is not illegal to carry a longer rifle. So because it like states the 16 inches, it's clear. Um, the statute is pretty, pretty clear. I mean, you're right about it making no sense at all. But again, this was a very extenuating circumstance. I don't think this, this has happened before in Wisconsin history where a kid carrying us, you know, an AR rifle kills uh, people and, and injures others. But I, I just want to go back to what you were talking about with Joseph, Joseph Rosenbaum. Um, so according to Kyle's testimony, and, and again, I, I'm quoting an NPR article that kind of goes through these events. According to Kyle's testimony, though, Rosenbaum threatened to kill him twice. And he was carrying a chain with him and he threw like a plastic bag at him or something. And he was chasing him around. And he claims that he also said that I'm going to kill you. And but again, the prosecution countered that saying that this Joseph guy, right, he was this really short guy had a Napoleon complex. And he had just been like, they showed videos. When I saw the trial, they were showing videos of Joseph Rosenbaum encountering with other protesters, well, not other protesters with other armed militia people. And it showed how they kind of like just ignored him. Like, you know, how these like some of these guys are like, they're all talk, but no action. That's how the prosecution kind of portrayed Joseph. But according to Kyle, he took him much more seriously when he said, I'm going to kill you. Like he was holding this chain and Joseph was like running around committing arson. Like he was like lighting tires on fire and stuff like that. And so the prosecution claims Joseph is this idiot guy. He's a loser who shouldn't be taken seriously. He's this really short guy. You know, people can be threatened by him. And then Kyle claims that Joseph threatened to kill him twice. He was chasing after him. And then uh, that he was scared that he was going to reach for his gun and kill him. So Once again, that's, and that's a claim, right? That's a claim. That's not fact, is it? That he said that he was going to kill him and chasing after him and all that. Well, no, you can see in the video. You can see in the video that, that he's chasing. Okay. And there's no, that's definitely true. He's right about so him. So wait, chasing. wait, wait. That's actually another bad argument. Because if someone says I'm going to kill you, even if it's, uh, if it's all no talk or whatever, that's still a threat. Like, you know, who? that's what like, the defense claimed. That, that's a risk. I, I think that's a strong defense because if someone says I'm gonna kill you, um, shoot them. 
that huh? that's no you know you don't okay, shoot buddy. them you don't shoot yeah, them but, but that's what he did he shot him yeah but he's chasing after you and stuff like he he shot him he shot towards him four times i believe it was four shots that resulted in him like dying afterwards in the ambulance but yeah it was four yeah. times he shot it towards him okay if, if somebody says i'm gonna kill you matt my immediate reaction isn't gonna be to get out an ar-15 and start shooting the guy right four times okay maybe a warning shot right I mean, if you have an AR-15, I'm assuming you're somewhat aware of how to aim, right? And, you know, if you're aiming at him and you're shooting him four times, you don't need to. You can move away a little bit and do a warning shot. And if somebody has a warning shot and they're all talk, they're going to run. If they're going to – and then what happens is if they pull out their whatever gun they have and they start shooting at you, then you start shooting at them, okay? No, I, no, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not supporting Kyle here. I'm just saying, like, uh, that's like a bad – like, I'm going to kill you. I, I don't know if that's a good, uh, like, I mean, that's like for the prosecution. I think it's a weak uh, kind of argument. Weak point. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's just, mm -hmm. I, I don't ahead. feel like this should be, I don't feel this should be as crazy of a case as it is. You know what I mean? I feel like people are taking this into like very, there's like people on either side. Right. And I don't feel it should be that way. I think the reason, honestly, again, like Ibrahim said in one, in one of our reels, he was saying how how parties and how the government and how everybody's trying to, to divide us. And I, that's exactly what it is, right? There's people on either side that are dividing us like further and further and further. And it, it shouldn't be about whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat. It should be about whether the guy killed somebody law, not, I don't say lawfully, because it's not lawful to kill somebody. But if he killed the guy, you know, more morally or not, or however you want to say, I don't feel like murder in any sense in this case is, is moral because this, you, you could see in his face, right? He's not some, he's not some guy that that's a, that's a murderer, right? Or he's come from the hood or like, you know, anything like that. He's just some kid that's trying to prove a point. That's trying to prove he's worth something. In my I, opinion, that's my opinion. Also, once, let me, let me, I have to, I have to actually like correct myself here. So according to, Richie McGinnis's testimony. Richie McGinnis is this reporter who's kind of filming this and Kyle is kind of shooting and this reporter is right behind Joseph and Kyle, uh, Richie McGinnis, who was actually testifying in favor of the prosecution, said that he testified that Rosenbaum, Joseph Rosenbaum, lunged forward towards uh, uh, Kyle's gun. So that's his testimony. This reporter is that I thought, the, I thought the claim was that he lunged for his own weapon. No, that I think that was the the paramedic. That's the third guy. That's the, the third, third guy. guy. Yeah. So that's the third guy, right? If I if I yeah, you're myself, right. You're right. No. So uh, uh, wait one second. Though, quickly. So, so okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, let no, go me ahead. just clarify something. For this, from the NPR article, right? Rosenbaum was unarmed. Okay. He was. So he was, he was unarmed. unarmed. Uh, Rittenhouse was the one that was trying to hit him with a skateboard or was striking him with a skateboard. And Gross uh, Quirce, the medic, the paramedic, he was the one that was armed with the pistol. Yes. So the Got pistol it. guy, what's his name again? I did. Uh, it's just call him Gage. Just call him Gage. Gage. So Gage pointed a gun towards him and then Kyle fired towards him. And then for Rosenbaum, for the second guy, he, what did he do for the second guy? Second guy, uh, he, he shot him. But was there a provocation where he did something like? Um, uh, hmm. I'm not I, sure. I think he was like in this in this like um, general area where mm -hmm. 
No, the second guy hit him with a skateboard. Is, is that the, the second guy? guy's one that's hit him with a skateboard, right? Uh, that's the second guy. Huber, I think he punched him. But that was a result of, of what happened with the first guy, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. Exactly. After- so, okay, he, here's the thing, right? We sure our facts were a little off prior to this conversation now, but the opinion still is the same, right? It, it all happened because of what Kyle did. That's right. that's the thing. You know, facts might have been a little jumbled and facts matter here. But the, the, at the end of the day, he still shot three people and killed two, all as a result of the first case, which the guy was unarmed. So that all, all the, both of those shootings afterwards, right, but, happened but again, because of him. He lunged for his gun, apparently. According to testimony of the reporter, McGinnis, okay. he saw Rosenbaum lunging for his gun. All, so all the – basically, so he's been charged with yeah. a bunch of different charges – among them is like first degree reckless endangering safety. There's um, first degree reckless homicide. There is um, what is there's like first degree intentional homicide. I I think um, all the prosecution has to kind of like show is that Kyle Rittenhouse had a basically an utter quote an utter disregard for human life. What do you think he did? in this, how he acted, like he had an utter disregard for human life. Of course. Would that be accurate to say? Of if course. yes, then he's guilty of uh, first degree reckless homicide. I don't think there's a doubt of that because like, I don't know. I feel like he provoked some of the violence that happened. And this ca- fact like you're carrying an AR-15 in the city. I mean, like you're looking for something like trouble. Like, I don't know. I just feel like what's mm. what, what else is the point of carrying a rifle like oh self-defense like i don't know man that, that just that, no his thing was he was carrying the he, rifle to protect the business from looting and like all the chaos that was happening so he's trying to defend the businesses yeah Again, but he right? drove out, like out a, of state he drove out of state to go ahead and do that well That's, yeah he, that, so you know he drove out of state apparently to volunteer to get some graffiti off the wall and then like one of the businesses asked his friend if he wanted to defend. And then short story is he, you're right. He has, he should not have this weapon. I have no idea why this Wisconsin statute is a thing. No teenager should just be roaming the streets with an AR-15 rifle and just, it'd be okay. Like, I don't understand that. Um, again, in my opinion, like you were saying, Matt, um, he definitely, this kid has a hero. He, this kid has a hero complex. He, he wanted to make up, he wanted to like, you know, save the day somehow <laughs> with his, limited skills i don't know what he was trying to do again the guy's an idiot like i hate the fact that the right wing is trying to show who this guy is this hero who is like superman coming to save businesses and helping out the community like he's clearly okay does not have so, no clue has no clue wait, wait 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 okay so i don't watch political news lately right and uh-huh. i want to know what the right is saying about this case oh have you guys watched it though right yeah so i just saw fox news today and uh-huh. one of the one of the uh, uh no <laughs> Okay. We're saying this is a very clear and cut case of self-defense. Like I've never seen a much more clear, clear and cut self-defense case. Oh my so God. I, they, they do have a point in that Kyle is not just an active shooter. He's definitely not like he, I don't think it's just my personal opinion after I, again, I did not watch the entire trial. I saw the opening statements and the closing statements and portions of the trial from what I've researched, at least it seems to me. Kyle did not go in there wanting to kill people. Rather, he put himself in a situation where he he acted in a reckless way. That's my opinion. And yeah. I do think he acted in a way that was that was not respectful, obviously, of, of the human life. I think 
I think also a part of it is just the environment. Like, I, if yeah. you see the protests, it's just like chaotic. There's like like noises out there, people breaking stuff, and it's just like I think that type of stuff can put you in a, a state of mind where you're trying to like you know, uh, maybe it, 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 he might he might have felt like you know more um, scared than he needed to be, or maybe more like just anxious or something. I don't know, but it was pretty chaotic in those protests, at least in the videos. I kind of want to talk about the first the first shooting again because that that's I think that's the most interesting part because I feel like that has the most speculation right because I, I f- sure maybe Joseph was running after um running after right, Kyle right but the thing is even if he was running after him the guy has an AR15 meaning it has a bunt stock right so that's where you kind of lay it on your shoulder and what happens oftentimes you can see in movies all the time and it's a common practice in military and, and in, in police academy where you don't go to shoot, but you actually hit him with the bunt, right? So if a guy is running after you, lunging for your gun, bunt him. That's going to knock him out, okay? You don't go ahead and kill the guy because bunting the guy is not going to kill him unless you hit him in the back of the head. But if a guy is running at you, lunging at you, you're going to bunt him, okay? And then yeah. I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of speculation with what they're saying, right? With mm-hmm. what they're verbally saying. And I feel like Kyle is, is trying to, because he knows there's a lot of speculation, right? The attorneys know that there's a lot of speculation with what's verbally happening here because there's, there's no audio evidence. And so sure, Joseph could be saying things like, I'm going to kill you, but we don't know what Kyle told him. We don't know if Kyle was taunting him or not. Right. And so if we're talking about speculation, you got to consider both sides, right? Not just the one side. Well, but the thing, the thing about speculation is they, I'm a hundred percent sure that Joseph guy was saying all those things. Cause he was acting in a way they showed evidence of him acting in a reckless way before this, there was videos of him like taunting other people. So Joseph was definitely taunting him and saying all this stuff. You're right. You don't think that- Kyle was saying anything? I honestly, I've told you this, like Kyle is literally an idiot. There's no other way to put it. The guy has, is a low IQ guy. He's a low IQ guy, right? He's literally, you can see in the tribes, a low IQ guy. He's, he's not gifted with any emotional intelligence. You could clearly see that on the uh, when he was giving his testimony, when he was testifying, which defendants rarely ever do. I don't think he was thinking straight. So like you said, if he if this guy knew how to act in situations like this, he would have clearly, you know, tried to like knock him out and not use his weapon. But like Jenish said, it's a really good point. When you're in that situation, and I'm not defending Kyle here, there's no excuse for what he did. You Like you said, you don't just kill a guy. You don't, that's, he acted recklessly, but he was in that situation where he was seeing all this chaos and this looting and people like chasing uh, this guy chasing after him. And he's, again, he's 17 years old. I do think we have to take that into account. Like he's not an adult. Joseph is an adult. This guy is a minor, but again, that doesn't excuse the fact for what he did. I'm just trying to like, you know, see both sides of the perspective and both sides of like the argument that that was being conducted during the trial. But you think the city or the the state should pay any, um reparations to the families because of you know it's a it's a strange law that a teenager can be carrying an ar 15 in the city i don't know man <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen um i i honestly i don't know if it's a really it's not a clear cut in my this is a very complicated trial i don't think it's it's clear and it's clear and cut like other people are saying on the left and the right again like i hate the fact i don't know if you guys remember but last year when this happened they were trying to portray Kyle as this white supremacist active shooter. Uh, and like, they were trying to like say that 
he he went in there trying to kill protesters like that was his first goal i just probably like cnn right (laughs) well a lot of the left left wing like news media were saying then they were also what i hate about all this was they were making kyle guilty until he uh, they were already assuming kyle was guilty until proven otherwise in the country you you're you're innocent until proven guilty and i think that's a really good principle that we have in this country and and like we if it's followed yeah if it's followed like you can't just tell you can't just go into something unless like it's literally clear what happened right like they just jump to conclusions they kind of want to just further their own political agenda and connect two different things and like you know it's all about getting clicks and like getting our attention and so the wildest story gets the attention so i'm not surprised that the left-wing media was going nuts about this and again the right-wing media is trying to show this guy as a hero as a victim they're trying to show kyle as this victim again like i said this guy who was there he's a family man he's trying to protect the businesses (laughs) with his ar rifle which makes no sense to be honest family man (laughs) that's why like i think the truth is always in the middle like like the truth is always in the middle and i think this is in this trial that's where it is but the legality of this is completely different because even if one juror thinks even if one juror thinks that kyle is innocent it's over kyle is innocent and uh so it has to be a unanimous decision whatever they come to it has to be a unanimous decision if there's like multiple members of the jury who disagree there'll be a hung jury which means that this case will be retried retried there's also a chance that this case can go to a mistrial. So like you were, Matt, you don't, you want to tell them about, so the judge got pissed at oh. the prosecutor because the prosecutor was using the argument that because Kyle was silent after this happened, that that kind of showed he was guilty. And the judge got really pissed at him. He, he said that that's your right. You know, you have the right to remain silent until you contact your attorney and that you shouldn't, you know, use that against Kyle. And so he which is fair right which is fair yeah that's That's a fair statement but the way the judge went about it right that's the issue the the Uh tonality of it i don't okay honestly what the judge said that that's totally fair but he was completely shutting the prosecutor down and i don't think that's fair the tonality he was extremely aggressive he wasn't cool level-headed like a judge should be right like judges are there because they know how it is to be an attorney they know how it is to run the law right and to, to show that kind of emotion and to show that kind of, um, I felt like it was rampant behavior. I don't think it was, it was fair behavior um, in terms of his tone, right? The way he was reacting to it. It seemed like he was in favor of Kyle, even though, even though what he was saying was level-headed, and, not level-headed, but was in the middle and it was fair. Yeah. If that, no, I is agree. that fair to say? Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not so... This guy, this judge has a, I was reading into him. He has a reputation of being really tough on 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 the prosecutor on the prosecution side which i think is a good thing to do but like you said he accused he basically said the prosecutor that he was lying and acting in bad faith which again the jury was not in the room when this happened so they were not negatively affected by it but like you said i do agree with you that it seems the way he's like ruling it and like just like you said his body language towards the prosecution he he looks biased like it seems almost like he's protecting kyle like yes. that's just like my honest like, like he's honest, unbiased like observation you're right i agree with you on that but what was i saying before so yeah so um the prosecutors again did not do a good job like they're all over the place um and again like there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct in our criminal justice system and prosecutors are always trying to cross the line and this prosecutor was definitely trying to cross the line um 
And again, like you said, because the legality is so like convoluted, there is a chance that he might get acquitted tomorrow. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets acquitted. Like, I honestly don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It could yeah. go either way. But it, I will be surprised, though, if he's guilty on all the counts. I don't think he's going to be guilty of all five charges, uh, at least in my opinion. But yeah, morally, though, I blame Kyle response for this whole situation. Because like you said, man. It's simple to me. If Kyle wasn't there, Joseph would be alive. The other guy would be alive. And then uh, the other guy whose bicep is now gone because he shot him in the arm would be, wouldn't be like, you know, physically impaired. So, you know, yeah. Kyle didn't need to be there. The 17 year old kid has no idea what he's doing, carrying this big weapon that he has no clue how to operate. So morally he's, I blame him responsible, but legally our laws are convoluted and like, you know, there's different layers of defense. So it could go either way. But to be fair, like I know I was I, I was bagging on the prosecutor a lot. I don't think the defense attorney is any better. I don't think they're either of them are doing a, a good job. You know, I don't think they're doing a good job in defense of either of their arguments. And so I, I think the defense attorney is like he just seems too lax about it. He, he doesn't seem like he's putting up like solid arguments. He seems like he, he's letting I, I mean. First off, I'm not an attorney. I, I don't never been had any law classes, right? Except business law, but it's, this is completely different. So this is just my opinion on his body language and his tonality of it. But it just seems like the questions are very lax. He's kind of letting Kyle. Uh, he's asking questions, trying to incite some emotion from Kyle, and that'll do the work, which I'm sure is a common practice, right? But it just seems like he's not in it to win it, really. And on the opposite side, the prosecutor, I, I don't think like, just like I said, his questions, I don't think his due diligence was there. I don't think his, he investigated this um, enough to create solid arguments. And so I don't think either of them are doing a solid job. And I think it's, I, I honestly, I think it's kind of funny how much traction this one is getting. Cause there's been cases like this, right? The case isn't funny. The case is extremely serious, but how much traction it's gaining and how we're, how we're even talking about it, the way we're talking about it right now. I think it's extremely interesting. And it's just, a, in my opinion, a political agenda, like you were saying, Ibrahim. No, but, so, but the thing is you can't remove the politics out of it. Like the politics is so central because this happened, you know, at the peak of the Black Lives Matter protests that were happening in Kenosha and elsewhere. Right. And I do want to make this observation that a lot of people, a lot of minorities, people of color in America get, they, they, you know, they are in jail for far less crimes. Like people are still in our jails for smoking weed. Like literally, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. This is my personal opinion. You guys can disagree with it. If it was a, a African-American carrying an AR-15, a 17 year old, he would be dead right now. Just saying. Actually, he would be dead. Yeah. It, it, it was so bizarre to me, man. Cause the video, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but he's going towards the police cars with his hands up and the police car is just like going to drive past him. They just like drive past him. They don't even like kind of notice, but I mean, I guess it, it makes sense because a lot of people were armed during those protests. So they might not have noticed what was happening, but you're right about this, man. Race is such a big element of this. Like you can remove race from this, right? Like, um, so I don't so know. So check this out. Just like you said, so just a personal anecdote about this whole police thing. So it's interesting that the police kind of acted like they didn't see it or, you know, whatever, right? It's funny because, okay, so I went to New York last December and it, it, me and my buddies, we rented an Airbnb and we're a street away from uh, Times Square and we're at the corner, right? So our Airbnb, our Airbnb is looking out at mm -hmm. two, uh, two streetways, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so at one corner of the streetway, 
um, I hear some yelling. And so I'm like, you know, I'm nosy. So I look out the window, what's going on. And my cousin, um, my, my cousin and my other friend, we look out the window and all of a sudden, um, this dude, he was totally stoned or like he was, he was on something 100%. Right. And all of a sudden he just started attacking his friend, started um, uh, bailing on him. And then this lady comes about and she's like, stop, stop trying to stop it. The dude runs at her, starts wailing on her as well. And so what do they do? We all run downstairs and we stop it. Right. And, you know, end up, end up calling the police and, you know, whatever. But the interesting thing is, so I ran out there after my, uh, my cousin and my friend ran out there, right? Right outside of our Airbnb, our hotel room, there was a, there was five police officers sitting there. And I'm, I, I kid you not, it was probably 30 yards away. So there's no way they didn't hear the yelling. There's no way you didn't hear this lady screaming in agony because the dude broke her nail. Literally, her entire nail came off. He was wailing on her. So she has crazy bruises right here, right? There's no way. But they acted like there was nothing going on. And so I just think, obviously, it wasn't a similar situation because there was a protest and riot uh, you know, occurring uh, in Wisconsin. But the case that you, the point that you said that they just didn't notice it, it just seems like, maybe there's a sense of entitlement there, right? That they don't necessarily have to always be there. Um, I, I'm not saying all police. I'm not saying all police because yeah. I'm, I'm all for police. I'm all for, you know, personal uh, law, not personal, but, you know, law enforcement and all. But just my personal anecdote, I thought that was interesting to see. I thought it was really weird to see. It, yeah, it might be a little different though in Kenosha because like a lot of people were armed and like the police officer also testified in the case. And he said that, there's a lot of people like had their hands up who were armed. And so mm. they probably were disoriented or didn't notice, but yeah, it was, it was, it's a really weird case. I honestly, like you said, man, it's, I don't know why we're, I mean, I do know why we're like talking about it in terms of like why it's getting so much media attention, but honestly, like there's so many other issues and problems that we, that our country needs to address. That's the um, point. Yeah. You know, like it's, so, it's a distraction for sure. Moving on For from sure. uh, one tragedy <laughs> to the next tragedy. Yeah. Uh, you guys haven't heard yet. Astroworld happened. Uh, Travis Scott's concert. Um, and uh, initially, uh, eight people died in the concert. And um, initially, the reports were saying that there were some people with needles stabbing them. And then that's the reason they were dying. But that was later um, unsupported by the police. They said that did not happen. There was no needles, right? Um also, after this whole thing, another girl just died like a couple of days ago because of brain injuries. And um, after that, um, uh, right, like yesterday, another kid just died, nine years old, and his name is um, Ezra Blount. He just, he becomes a 10th person to die. And um, this pretty much all happens because when you have 50,000 people stacked up in like a small area, and then every, and then there's like this one of the best performers or one of the performers that gets everybody super hyped starts performing uh, and starts raging you know everybody just starts hitting each other and just doing crazy stuff in the uh let's the, be fair though travis does take mosh pits to a different level right yeah yeah it's he not does. like a normal that, that's what i'm saying like okay. one of the hype like most hype performers right <laughs> yeah he, he does like crazy stuff right and um because of that, you know, people get injured, people, you know, and, 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 and in his concerts, normally, it's pretty common for injuries, like, it's actually common, 
not 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 death but like injuries like uh, people get like you know hit in the head or like hit, get hit in the body or something people because, wail each other wail yeah, on each other at his yeah, concerts exactly yeah because it's just, that just, shouldn't every, be a common practice in my opinion yeah but his whole his whole idea is about raging and you know i, I i'm not gonna lie i do listen to travis Scott's music and i do like travis a lot um yeah yeah but no, we, i think but, we all do yeah but the 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 problem that people were having now is that what he did what, what or what he didn't do what and he did. didn't stop the concert he didn't uh there were there were videos surfacing all around the internet of people um telling travis to stop the concert telling him there's injured people and uh he just continued um and so that's the problem now and and then in this whole case right uh it's kind of it's it's a I call it a tragedy because there's no justice there's no like right like it, it was just kind of bad like what's justice Travis ending up in jail that's not really justice and he's not gonna end up in jail anyways but even if he does that's not really justice these people died anyways like what, what um Travis said he's gonna pay uh, these people's families from the show's earnings and I mean yeah that's cool I guess but that's not really like we're not getting anything out so I mean the whole, whole idea here is what do you guys think Travis should have done. Because, I mean, when, yeah, when let us have, know in the comments what, yeah. what you guys think Travis should do or shouldn't shouldn't have done, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I want to know actually you guys' opinion as well. So, I, I, I'm I'm torn on this topic because one, um, like you, before all this happened, I was a really big fan of Travis Scott, like his music. Um, I do think he's a gifted, um, he's a gifted hip hop you know, rapper, but, but regarding this event, I, so I looked into, I, again, like we can like talk about this later about idolizing like these different like celebrities and like singers, but he has, has pled guilty to inciting a riot before. So this is something that, you know, he has done before and acted recklessly. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Houston police officers told Travis and the event organizers that, the crowd was being rowdy and that the event was over capacity. They warned him. They warned him about this, right? Am I, I'm correct on that, right? I, I read that somewhere. And uh, he still, he didn't listen. He just like, it's fine. It's like, he's like, you know, that's, that's usual. That's usual for my shows. Everybody acts a little rowdy. And then he also, remember how he posts about like, I know the, the, the tickets are limited. So like, just, you know, the ragers will like jump on the fences. Like he kind of encouraged, yeah. he kind of encourages like- Everybody over... just tries to like rush to the front, you know, and just yeah. try to like get in the mosh pits and stuff like that. Sorry. And if anybody's confused what we're talking about, we're just talking about Astroworld, the music festival that Travis Scott, I'm sure most people know, but Travis Scott, this big artist, had it this huge concert in Houston- and uh, 10 people died because like you were saying, Janish, uh, they were just literally clamored. They had they died of suffocation and some people died because they passed out and other people were stepping over them. Isn't yeah, that nuts? Stampeding. Yeah. Stampeding. Stampeding yeah. happens in battles are used to historically. Now it happens in concerts. No, it's crazy. Like people were literally stampede. They, they, they were death. There were literally like records of people saying like, I I was trying to fight for my life, trying to get off the floor um, because, you know, I couldn't breathe or, you know, people were stepping on my head and like my body, you know, it's just insane. So did, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but um, there was a lady that was, you know, she ran, ran up to state up to the stage and was talking to the cameraman and she was saying, people are di not dying, but people are getting injured. People can't breathe down there. Stop the show. Stop the show. And I think she actually said there's a, there's a person dead on the floor. 
And the cameraman was just like, like, like basically waving her away. Right. I couldn't see what he was saying exactly, but I'm pretty positive. He was saying, you know, stop, you know, like leave me alone. That's not my job basically. Right. And, and so I understand both points. I kind of feel bad for the camera guy that he was the one that, you know, had to, had to deal with that situation. Obviously he didn't deal with it because he didn't stop the show. He didn't stop like his portion, which would inevitably stop the entire show. But it, it sucks because he's probably worried about his job, right? I think there, there was a previous concert where um, I think a mic person, they, they fouled up. And on stage, Travis was like, you're done. You're out of here. And he kicked the guy out. And so, you know, the camera guy in this situation, he's kind of scared, right? Like, that's his job <laughs> to set up the cameras and to, like, do that kind of thing. And so he doesn't want to lose his job. Yeah, but uh, I unfortunately, mean, that's it, it's but, immoral of him to not do something about it, right? He had the opportunity to save lives, and he didn't go ahead and and do that, right? But let me just say real quickly, like when a concert is happening and you're a videographer for something, like you're you're just doing your job and like you're not really like in and like, even for like res- like going back to your question, Jenner, you asked, is Travis directly responsible for this? I don't think he was aware that people were dying and this was happening because, you know, I don't think like, even if people were yelling, I know there's a bunch of videos on TikTok and elsewhere where people are saying people are dying, stop the show. Like when you're at that stage and there's so much noise going on in the music, you're literally in the zone. You're like, nothing is registering. So, but that doesn't, you know, allow him to escape. Not an excuse, right? Yeah. Yeah, But but, yeah, but that's something different though. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Like, they overbooked the show. There's no other way to put it. They overbooked the show. They sold more tickets than they had to. They didn't have enough medical medical staff on site. Nobody, there was like one nurse who came on CNN and she was saying how the medics there had no idea what to do. And she was like, do you not know how to do CPR and stuff like that? So they didn't have enough equipment, staff. It was, the event organizers are to blame as well. And Travis for creating a culture that allows people to just go like, you know, nuts at these concerts. And you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm all up for the whole raging thing, you know, the whole like hype, get get hyped, get mosh pits and stuff. But maybe Travis just took it a little too far on this one. Well, obviously he did take it too far, but even like just you know maybe toning that down and you know obviously event organizing like we can't have fifty thousand people cramped in like a small space like that's like what are you thinking? Like correct you know, me if I'm wrong. Go go sorry, finish. Just just real quick, like yeah us three we went to like a small concert at like usc or something right and even there like it's hard to breathe at certain times when it's like like 200 people in like one area or like you know more like 500 people in like one area that's hard to breathe imagine thousands of people in one area like that's just insane that's like insane ridiculous so correct me if i'm wrong but i also heard that there was no or there was extremely limited security there or there was practically no security there is that accurate or do you guys, are you guys aware or no? There, there was security, but it, it was limited, but they couldn't like help people. Like people were crying for help, but I mean, they can't really help thousands or hundreds of people. At, no, for sure. That, for sure. Yeah. But like my point being, maybe it could have, the, the procedure could have been better, right? That, that's for sure. They should have had yeah. more medical staff yeah. on side. They should have had so much fun. Again, they should not overbook events like that, where people are literally like crammed in. And also yeah. one of the things was people were trying to get to Travis closer. And in the process they were kind of stepping over people and like, you know, people were like trying to get to the front and yeah. people mm-hmm. in the front were just getting squeezed. Like as people are pushing in and in and in and. 
Did you guys really. see the way people just rushed in when yes, the event started? Yeah. Like it was like a lottery, like a, it's like a cult. It's like yeah, a cult. Was, yeah. I was like, what's people going were sneaking on? into the concert as well. They're hopping the fence prior yeah. to. We encourages that. He's he tells like my yeah, two ragers, there's gonna be seats open, just you know, rush yo, the fence. Like I'm gonna be honest, yeah. I love Travis Scott, but like these fans, like some of them, like like it's it's insane. It's kind of a, a little too far, I feel like. But but again, dude, the people who were there, like the nine-year-old kid you were talking about, he was nine years old. He was nine okay, years okay, old. Okay, okay, listen, listen. So this is another thing, right? Some people are saying, uh, like Travis, people that are kind of defending Travis Scott, like, why would you why would the parents bring a nine-year-old kid to a Travis Scott concert? Think about everything. Point. Think about everything Travis Scott advertises. He, he advertises Fortnite, uh, McDonald's, like the Happy Meals, all these like brands that that you know favor towards kids. Now, if you if you uh, you know advertise this to kids and stuff, and then you don't expect kids to come to your show, like that's all. That's gonna be obvious. Like Fortnite. Look at Fortnite. What's the audience of Fortnite? Nine year olds, literally nine year olds, play Fortnite. Of course, they're gonna show up to Travis Scott concerts. They're gonna tell their parents, "I want to go to a Travis Scott concert." Right, but it's ultimately, okay, here's the thing. I get what you're saying, man, and I get that kids are going to want to go, right? But it's ultimately up to the parent. They're nine years old. And so I think there should be some, um, yeah, but I, I, you know, I don't want to get into that, but point no, being, no, I, I don't see, think I a nine-year-old is fair Wait, to be there. Yeah. No, but he has a good point. Jenner has a good point because Travis thinks his fans are like, I don't know what he thinks, but the way he <laughs> carries himself and the way he's like, he markets his whole brand is that his fans like more towards like 18 year olds to 22 year olds, right? And he, I don't, I think he should consider the fact, like Janice was saying, that a lot of his fans are young. They're really, really young, like in the seven to like 12 age category. Because he's associated himself with like McDonald's and Fortnite, a lot of his fans are younger and they want to see him. But like for some instances, bro, like I don't know if you guys saw the press conference of the girl, girl's mom who was on ER support. She was on a ventilator and her mom, I believe she was. She oh, was yes, immig- yes. I, I think was it was Bharti, right? That was Bharti. brutal. The girl's name was Bharti, I think. Yeah, I think so. she was just an Indian family and yeah. the parents were immigrants, right? And she, this girl, she was probably, what, 17, 18, right around that age? Like yeah, she was, she was in college, yeah. I believe. She was in college and um, she told her mom that I'm going to a concert and her, and her parents didn't think too much of it, right? Because they don't know well, they what asked, Travis She asked was. her parents. And yeah, her, she so asked her parents. Is, and the mom has never said yes to anything, right? Yeah. So that was the crazy and part. They let the her mom go. never said yes, and they let her. But again, if you saw the conference, her mom was crying, and it was sad to see. But she was saying this was not a concert, which she's right. This was not a concert. It was a stampede. And so when she told her mom it was a concert, you know, she didn't think too much of it. So there is that disconnect between parents and children. The parents should probably be more careful about, like, when their yeah, kids parents, ask them to. That, that's a little them. different than a nine-year-old, right? She, she's still. It's viable to make your own yeah. decision if you're in college right right. that's like a common practice you know but if you're nine years old the parent can be a little more you know i believe the the parent was with the kid i believe but regardless Uh, right i mean you want to put your kids in that yeah yeah. i I don't know i'm not a parent i don't want to you know wait a second that kid with his parents yes no yeah i believe the nine-year-old was with a parent yeah yeah you can't just go to the concert alone i'm sure you need an id or something so oh my (laughs) dude you're nine man you're like no i thought the nine-year-old came with some like older friends like a brother but oh so so what happened a little bit background information his dad actually passed out in the concert as well so um he couldn't really that's just yeah all right let's uh let's let's go on 
That is unfortunate. It's you know, one, one last thing though, Travis Scott okay. is going to lose an insane amount of money, like an insane amount of money because they're going to have to settle all these cases. There's no way they're going to let them go all the way to trial or to civil trial. But, you know, there's been like more than 100 lawsuits fi- filed against Travis Scott. And Drake has been actually named in a couple of them. But no, Travis Scott is going to lose a ton Millions. of money as he should, I think, as he should. Kylie Even- Jenner too, right? She hmm? was named... She was named as well. I don't know. She was backstage. I don't think she has anything to do with they're it. They're not married either, so I don't think Yeah, so. they're not. I, she has nothing to do. But Travis I know, I, That's is, what I just saw on the article. That yeah. Drake and Kanye. Yeah, no, Travis is definitely losing a lot of money. He's, and, he's uh, losing, yeah a, yeah, a ton of money. But Regardless. Yeah. What, okay, one last thing, to... though. I feel like... Well, okay. Sorry, I know what, I don't want to stand, but <laughs> I think okay. we should stop like idolizing celebrities and singers so much so Dude. that we're willing to risk our entire lives to like just see a glimpse of them for a second. Like They're just humans. They're not like angels or representatives of God or something. They're just people like us who are talented and you know, we shouldn't like worship them. Like, I don't, I don't understand this whole worship. Yeah, I mean, you hit I, it. I, you hit it on the dot, bro. It's honestly insane. Right? Like these human beings, they're first off, they're no better than me. They're no better than you. Right. They right. just got lucky. There's tons of talented people. They on worked planet, hard right? and got lucky. You're right. I mean, they worked Fair. hard. They worked yeah. hard, but there's, to be fair, there's a lot of other talented people, right? And they're in a position, in in some sense, there was luck. There had to have been luck to get that opportunity. Of course, right? yeah. To get that kickoff, okay? They're human. They don't know I exist. They don't know you exist, Ibrahim. Like, unfortunately, they don't know you yeah. exist, Yeah. right? And I'm not, personally, I'm not going to go ahead and say, wow, like, incredible. Like, I can like Travis's music, or I can like Leonardo DiCaprio's acting, right? But I'm not going to go idolize somebody that's that does something well, right? Like, cool, you're doing it. Like, nice. Like, I enjoy watching your movies or I enjoy listening to your music and all. But I'm. it doesn't make sense how somebody – honestly, it, okay, it does make sense. So I have a theory, right? Genesis, not off topic, but if you want to mention – if you want to talk about it real quick, um, the whole idol thing. Oh, or uh, can I go on? No, just go on. Just go on. I okay, no problem. no problem. No problem. I just want to make sure you, you got your voice yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. So I have a theory, right? I feel like in general, like people, okay, there's 8 billion of us on this planet, right? And naturally, everybody wants to feel significant, right? They want to feel like they're doing something full, like bigger than themselves. I just feel inherently everybody does stuff because they want to either feel bitter, bigger. I think that's why people will buy luxury stuff, right? Because they want to feel like there's some significance there, or they want to be the best attorney in their law firm because they, they want to feel some significance, even though it doesn't necessarily signify significance. And so I feel that, you know, idolizing somebody, you know, and being part of this, of this, you know, culture, I guess, I guess Travis does have his own culture, right? He has, you know, a documentary on Netflix that I watched last year. And it, it, he has a culture and people being part of that culture gives them some significance. And it's unfortunate that people get, um, get that feeling from other people, but that's kind of part of life, right? A lot of people, they don't have, you know, maybe the necessary means, or they don't have the necessary drive to, to get to a point where they can better themselves. And so they fall into whether it's the rat race or whether it's, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or being part of this group that idolizes somebody that's already that's already in a successful position and so it's unfortunate but in my opinion i feel like people you know lack significance and they're trying to compensate for that significance so that, that's my opinion but um yeah you want to move on to apple ids uh sure i guess we can just wrap up with that 
Um, so this is actually pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I like this, um, this idea, but so pretty much Apple is, um, if you guys don't know, in their new iOS update, they're adding a feature where you can add your ID, like your, your state driver's license ID into the digital wallet, wallet. So Apple wallet or, or, um, yeah, Apple wallet. So, uh, but there are some implications with this. So it's not just, you know, you add an ID and it's good. First of all, only some states are participating in this program, right? Because it's not, um, not every state wants to do this. And every state needs to have some sort of infrastructure, some sort of basic funding to support this um, project. Because even though Apple's making the technology to do it, uh, the, the verification, you know, like making sure all the IDs are verified and everything, that's going to be done by the state. So it's like kind of like Apple, Apple and the state are working together on this project. Um, so there, there are some, um, you know, implications to this. One of it is that, you know, tax money is going into this project. Um, and it, when you think about it, I mean, it's kind of a convenience project, right? Like it helps everyone out. Like, you know, I, there's a lot of times I forget my wallet at home and, you know, I don't have my ID with me or something. So it'll just be on my phone. Um, but there is one side effect to this is that people are going to want to buy more iPhones. Uh, so it is kind of benefiting Apple a lot um, in, in that way. So it's kind of like, are we, um, you know, the state, there's like a, you know, there's usually a boundary between the state and private companies. And, you know, that boundary is kind of, you know, being not broken but you know they're, they're yeah they're, they're working together on that and apple i feel like apple is one of the companies that can do this because they're the biggest company in the world so but but still taxpayer money is going to go into this project on the states that are participating and um you know uh there's also other future projects they're looking at so you know if you they're going to look at maybe covid passports on like a digital version on your apple wallet and stuff like that maybe if it gets to like, you know, in a couple of years, they might somehow put the passport on your phone. I don't know if that's possible, but that those are like future projects. But just in general, what do you guys think about Apple and um, working with like different states? And do you think that's that that's fine or should private companies not be able to, you know, kind of work with states and and, you know, states get involved with this type of or maybe states should have their own program where they make their own app or something? Yeah, uh, OK. So I honestly, I understand where Apple is coming from. First off, I've said this many times. They are master marketers. Uh, I don't think their innovation is where it is, but you know, this is a marketing scheme for them as well, right? But in all fairness, I think it's it's been proven time after time that the state and government, they're not technologically where they where we should be, right? And so what I think is, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that a private company that is technologically advanced and technologically there um, to go ahead and push forth an initiative that, that will help us, you know, it will help our convenience. Um, and I think that that is a nice thing to have, you know, to have a digital ID on my phone whenever I need it or a digital passport eventually when I need it. And I think there's a lot of, there could be a lot of repercussions um, in terms of, you know, how, I don't know how the database would work and how all the, the algorithms would work and all, but, but I do think that it's a fair thing for Apple to do. Yeah. So people are questioning like two main things. First is obviously the security. Like you said, you know, there could be some security concerns where if all this is stored in a central database or some sort of a server, it could be hacked into and people's uh, personal info can be leaked. 
but you know apple is generally good about that stuff uh about security uh, so if we not if we don't consider that uh that issue the other problem might be that you know our tax money is kind of going into this project and yeah maybe you you're using iphone and you know you're with the whole thing you're like yeah it's convenient for me but maybe some people don't care about this stuff i you know their, their money's still going to that project that is fair that is fair i did not think about the taxpayer money um i would have to reevaluate that specifically um but what about our other- android user what do you think Ibrahim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um so let me so apple is so apple has like discretion they're the only company that's forming this public private relationship with these states right like they're the primary company they're the only company no 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 that's not true this is just in, in terms of like so for example microsoft their azure cloud cloud infrastructure right right uh, that's used by government aws no, 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 amazon no. servers used i'm by saying government. so there's a connection digital what? ids specifically apple is going to take the helm is trying to yeah yeah digital ids apple is the first company to try to do so that. right so i I mean, it's, it, it just makes sense to have digital driver licenses. Like, it's so annoying to carry your ID, you know? So it, it makes sense, but it is scary, though, that they'll have all this sensitive information and data. But like you said, Apple is one of the few tech companies that really, really takes the privacy of their consumers, and they don't take it for granted. Like, they really try, and I give them all credit for it. So if, if there was a company to do this, sort of a public-private relationship, it, it is Apple, and I'm all in favor of it, but... It just me. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I don't. If the federal government were to do this individually, it wouldn't work out, right? Or the states would do this individually. Yeah, they're they're out. horrible with technology. They need, exactly. So they need a private partner. In this case, Apple works. So yeah, I, Apple yeah. Apple definitely works. But what I do think is, I think it should not just be an Apple only thing. I feel like if if the government's gonna do that, they should you know allow Google, which owns Android by the way, to have um have permissions like it should be available to all citizens not just people who own iphones right but do majority of americans own iphones is that i'm pretty sure like the majority uh, yeah i think it's like 60 70 percent probably own iphone but 30 percent yeah know. so okay so i i think like we're very like pre you know pre-stages of this and so i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that it starts off with with iphone right i, I think that's like it's just a starting grounds and then eventually, you know, of course, I don't think you can patent this. I don't. I. I mean, I doubt you can patent a government technology, right? Uh, I don't know necessarily, but I doubt you can patent a technology where you can only have ideas IDs on an iPhone. But I think it's it's a really good base to start this off, and maybe eventually Huawei will have this. Yeah. Huawei. Oh, by the way, guys, we're really off. It's actually fifty three percent Apple, so um, it's not most yeah. Apple. Really, means I need to uh, sue them and file <laughs> a motion for discrimination against Android but users I, like me. And I do think California will um, will be participating in this, so that's pretty Are, good. really interesting. Yeah. Wait. Um, and and another thing, you know, I thought of is when you're you know going on um, on a flight somewhere, you don't have to worry about you know having your ID, physical ID. You can just use digital. True. So there's a lot of convenience here. Um, and I think it's just a great idea to implement. Okay, it, real quick before we were, or did you want to say something before I move on? No, I'm just saying it's, it's a gradual step. Like, I don't know why we haven't done it yet. Why is it yeah. taking so long to have digital ID? <laughs> it's true. That is we have digital wallets already. Why, why can't we just yeah. have the IDs too? But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, so before we wrap up here, um, I just want to give the viewers an update on Evergrande. 
Um, it's an extremely interesting topic to me. It's not so socially big and all, but interestingly enough, so just real rec- uh, quick recap, right? Evergrande is a company in China. They are over $300 billion in debt. And that is no joke, right? A lot of people say, you know, trillions of dollars is, is owed to the Chinese government and is owed to the US government. You know, what's 300 billion? But what you fail to see is don't use this as a comparison, right? Take it as face value. This is still $300 billion. That's a lot of money, okay? And the interesting thing here is, so it's been about a month, I want to say a month and a half since um, the in-debt situation what was um, being talked about and the speculations were going on. And interestingly enough, Evergrande is still defaulting. So they still defaulted on their, uh, on their debt. And it's crazy because they have $155 million was owed this month in just interest. And how much did they, sorry, it was $148 million that was owed in interest. And right now they, they had to sell assets. They had to sell shares in their car company. Um, c- companies within Evergrande had to completely sell their company in order to pay just the interest of the $300 billion. Like that to me is mind boggling, right? There's companies within your company that aren't owned by Evergrande necessarily, right? But they're, they're kind of within the, the umbrella, if, that, if you will. They had to sell their company in order to, sa- they had to sacrifice their company in order to, um, you know, deal with mistakes that the company made as a whole. And so it's crazy. There, there's also another investor. He sold his Porsche. He sold his yacht. He sold a couple properties of his in order to help out. Like, first off, sure, a Porsche is a lot of money and a yacht's a lot of money, but that doesn't make a, a, a dink in the barrel of uh, a, a dime in the barrel, right? Of $145 million in just interest rate. Like that's crazy. That is crazy to me. Um, so just real quick, I just wanted to mention that. And lastly, um, with, with Evergrande, uh, so obviously they're still in debt and there's definitely going to be global repercussions that occur. We're already seeing in China, this is the first we're seeing that uh, housing market is actually decreasing. So they're decreasing the housing market because of this catastrophe that's happening. So there's not enough money flowing in the market um, in China in order for houses to compete continue to, uh, to soar and rise. I, I don't remember her name, but there was a U.S. official, uh, or, or not official, but a U.S. Um, it, 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 uh, venture capitalist, I believe, that was talking about the Evergrande's effects on the luxury commodity. So it's actually affecting luxury commodities right now, and it will eventually hit our housing market and um, other countries as well. So, yeah, yeah. so just... It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I don't think we have time to cover the infrastructure bill, but we'll probably talk about that next time. I think that covers it, right? I think we covered most of the topics. We didn't get to everything, but that's all right. We'll get to it next week. Again, like Matt was saying, we're now on Spotify, Apple, and Google. So please, if you can, um, you can listen to us there and uh, do what you want with it. But thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, guys.